Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. The way in is the... Um, Every time I write that, I just do the letters. It's way too long. And I tried to figure out some acronym. Can't get it. Something about twist to... I don't know what it is, but I've given up. But it is. The way in is the way on... And understanding that is we just, we just want to keep saying that because this is really the heart of what we see in discipleship. When they, Jesus says, follow me, they were like, when, what towns are we going to go to? That was part of following him wherever he went. But really what was happening when they said, follow me, is says, I want to be a model to how you live. And I want you to let me go into the places that you need to have me go into, and I want to go into these places. And that's what we see all the way through the scriptures, the disciples understanding who God was and who his kingdom was by this spot of the kingdom of God is within us, the spot in where God goes down to the places of our heart. But we have to, we have this place. It's a, it's a place of relationship, and we have to decide, will we allow him in? Will we follow him into those places that God has? Because he has really good things for us when we do that. And today we're going to be talking, we'll be talking about following him to our anxiety. If you haven't seen that, you can watch it online or listen to it. Uh, Peggy did a great job last week about following Jesus into our insecurity. And we're going to talk about following Jesus into our longings. Do you realize you have longings? <laughs> There's a lot in this room. You may not say much, but you have a lot of longings. You have a lot of desires. You have a lot of things you want. So, and, it, and here's the thing, it's a big range. So we're going to start with a big range of longings and desires and wants. All right? I long for, think about that. I'll just be honest here. A good burger and fries is one thing I long for. How about this? Have you ever longed for a day off? <laughs> we're, we got that one down. Uh, for maybe a different career, or maybe you just, are, you just long for heaven where there's no more pain. Maybe you long to get drunk. Maybe you long for that thing that you go to that brings you some temporary relief from the pain. Maybe you long to buy a home. <clears throat> maybe you long to be married. Maybe you long to have a closeness with your kids that you don't have. Maybe you long to get away from your kids for a period of time. Maybe you long to be rich or out of debt or the best at that thing that you can be or to have God use you. You just long for God to use you, maybe in a particular way. Maybe you long to be healed of the pain you're in, this emotional pain or physical pain. Maybe you long to be famous. Maybe you long for a friend that is really a good friend. Maybe you long for a present emotional mom or dad. Or for your spouse to see you in a way that they don't. It would be so good if they did. 
Maybe you long just to be with Jesus. Maybe you just long to feel his presence and his peace right now. Or maybe you long for revenge. As you can see, the longings can be a broad range of things. And What's interesting about pushing your button wrong, uh, you long to hear me now, don't you? Um, is the thing about it is, is that uh, this is part of humanity. We have been given these longings. We have, we, we, it's part of who every human is, you know? And a longing is this place of what you want, desire, or long for. A longing is a strong feeling of need or desire for someone or something. There's no really good definition because it, <laughs> I just tried lots of different ones, but that's close. Because it's something that's so much a part of who we are. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, is that longing is a strong feeling, this, this thing that you want and desire that's just in you. Now, you and I are made in God's image. We are made in God's image and desire and longings are a part of every human. Okay, if we're made in God's image, this is part of how we're made, and it's also in, in God's design as well. Psalms talks about take delight in the Lord. In, in context, this is right before he's talking about trusting in and being near and, and committing yourself to. It's all this context. He says, and then take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And there, here's, here's the good news is God wants to really meet longings that he has for you in your heart. And there's this feeling of, and you guys know this feeling? Longings fulfilled is sweet to the soul. You know that feeling when you've had this longing for something and it's fulfilled and how good that is. Now, what I'd say is that uh, if we're made in God's image, does, does God have longings? Desires? How about Jesus? Did Jesus have wants and desires and longings? Yes. It's... it's it was in Jesus, and we saw over and over again where Jesus would be having these places he desired and longed for things that he didn't have, and he, God would, he would turn to his Father. Over and over again we see that. I mean, part of longing is this place of understanding that we are in a fallen world that is not as it should be, and we should be longing for the kingdom to come. We should be longing for God to break through in these places. This is part of way, seeing the world correctly, and that becomes longings. Remember Jesus when he saw, the, uh, he saw the religious people who had hardened their heart towards him and he cries out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you weren't willing. There's a longing. Here's Jesus longing for something that he longs to happen and it's not happening. You know, but then we also see Jesus, he loves it when he sees 
true heart longings fulfilled. Do you remember when he sent the 72 out and gives them power of the Holy Spirit and they go out and they're like, whoa, God come through us. People, demons, oh, we got this power. I got this love. It's coming out of me. They're, they're like stoked. And Jesus is stoked too. And he's almost giddy. And he goes, oh man, prophets have longed for this for all these years and now it's fulfilled. And he's just filled with joy because a longing, a true heart longing that he had put in the hearts of people is being fulfilled. Now, we have a couple stories I'm going to go through, and they're right in a row. And I think there's a reason they're right in a row about people who went to Jesus with what they wanted. And so if you want to turn over there in your Bibles, uh, if you want to turn over to Mark 10, starting 35. Now, they've been hearing Jesus talking about like, hey, there's this thing coming. I'm preparing you to be a place and I'm in my glorified state. And they're not sure, I'm sure what that exactly means, but he's telling them a lot about this thing coming. And so James and John approach him. Here's what they say. <laughs> then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And here's Jesus' response. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at the right side and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? We can. <laughs> this is a longing. Yeah, we can do that, you know? And he and says, we can. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and will be baptized and baptized, uh, baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit at the right and left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared. Now, I want you just to visualize this part of the story. You know, they, they've heard Jesus talk about, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. You know, he's been talking about that. So James and John said, does he mean that? So they go, I think... Let's go big. Like, what do you really want? And they go, I don't know. What do you think? Because, well, I've seen John probably <laughs> picking the right side. You know, but, but, you know, I, 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 want, I want that, I, I, that glory thing. If I could be with him, like right there in the power of that, would you like that? Oh, I'd like that. Okay, we're going to ask him. I'll do it if you do it. And they go to him. And they probably had a right or left argument. They said, we'll just let him figure that one out. So they go there. And what I think is so amazing about this, if you can imagine the vulnerability of, of going up and saying this directly like this, what I love is Jesus' response. And I've heard this teaching taught so badly. 
like the stupid, arrogant jerks. That's not what I see in Jesus' response. Jesus' response is, what do you want? And then he goes to this place of interacting with them. He doesn't, he's not angry, he's not incensed, he's not ticked. It seems like he just, he just starts, you know, talking to them about things. He doesn't say anything negative. He's actually asking him more questions and more questions and more questions. And, and, and what's funny is he even knows, we can look ahead the story, that's not going to happen, but he even knows, and he doesn't ever say no. <laughs> he says, well, that's not, that's not what I decide. And I'm like, wow. And then what's interesting, I don't know how they left, but I think they might have thought, he didn't say no. I mean, he didn't say no. I don't know what they were thinking. That's just my projection, but I'm not sure they know. But he says, so, but it does say in 41, and, and then the 10 heard about it. I don't know if Jesus was saying it. I think they may have been saying it like, hey, we talked to him about this. And they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as the rulers of Gentiles lord over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become the great, great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here we are, these people, they're, they're angry because they're, we're talking about a place of of authority and power. And they're saying, they're, they're angry, not because you shouldn't have said such a bad thing to Jesus. They're saying, wait a second, you don't get in first. I get in first. Wait a second, where's my place? So they're incensed in the whole place. And here's what's so great. Jesus brings them all together and just explains to them, you know, you want power. And you want to be great, don't you? You have that desire. Let me explain to you where that desire is coming from. You're great. You want to be great. But the way you're great in the kingdom is you become the servant. I mean, there's this whole unfolding of truth that happens. So the question is, should they have gone there with that question? <laughs> I mean, did they go, oh, don't ever do that again. John, why are you talking me into that? You don't, you know, did they get away like that? I think no, they came away because they took what they, their longing was to Jesus and all kinds of things happened to them, but also to all 12 of the disciples. Story number two. Now, Bartimaeus is a blind guy that's been probably hearing Jesus' stories, you know, about what's been happening with Jesus around, doing these miraculous things, healing people. So here's the, point, the story picks up. It says a blind man named Barnabas uh, was sitting at the roadside begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him, be quiet. But he shouted all the, loud, uh, he shouted all the more, son of David, 
have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. I love this. this people were probably just mocking him, had to say this to him. So they called the blind man, cheer up, <laughs> on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Same question. What do you want to do, me to do for you? Now, you can get a pretty good idea that he had a good thought of what it might be, right? He's blind. Jesus healed blind people. He's crying out for mercy. It might have been about his taxes. It was probably about his sight, right? But he said, what do you want me to do for you? And he had to say what he wanted to Jesus. And he's glad he did. <laughs> and you can imagine what it felt like to be able to see, to follow the crowd, and what that would feel like. The sweet satisfaction of a longing fulfilled. So, as I've thought about this, I've thought about, man, this whole mix of everybody in this room, every human, all the amounts of wants, desires, and longings are happening in this room right now. Whether you say it or don't say it, it's happening in every human. It's where it's we're made that way. And what I want you to come away from is God wants you to bring him in. He want, you want to, God wants you to fall into him. Bring your desires, your wants, and your needs to him. You know, that's a lot. So, as I thought about that, I just want to get real practical on this. Like, what do we mean by our once and our... Like, what, what is that like, right? Because sometimes even when I was saying it, you think, was that a want or desire? Or a long? I, I, I'm not sure. I have all these things, right? And not that this completely clears it up, but I think this will be helpful. Following Jesus into all our desires is trusting God with who we really are, and in doing this, Jesus reveals and comes into the true longings of our heart. I want to read that again. Following Jesus into all our desires is trusting God with who we really are. And in doing this, Jesus reveals and comes into the true longings of our heart. Now, for me, I remember... As a new Christian, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but before I was a Christian, I was just out of touch with pretty much anything going on inside of me. I was just doing stuff to manage it, but I didn't even know what I was doing to manage what, right? It was just a big blur. And I remember when I became a Christian, and I started recognizing about seeing inside of me. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is, my desires are all over the map. I want to follow Jesus my whole heart and I want to make out with this girl, and I want to, you know, it's just like the whole, everything. I thought, wait a minute, it's all still a mess, and I had to think, what do I do with these different desires? You know, I, I, uh, 
I wanted to be used by God, but I wanted to make a lot more money, and, and I wanted to impress this person, and I wanted to be better than this person, and then I really wanted to, to I love God's presence and desire. I'm, it's the whole map, you know, isn't that us? And so I remember I was raised in church, so I knew a lot of the Bible, but it was always a book that told me the things I couldn't do. It felt like it was suppressing desire, in my opinion, because I didn't understand what it was doing. It was basically saying, I want to get to your deeper desires. And, I, and so I remember at least clearing out the desires that were, it says in the Bible, that don't follow these because they'll take you places that you don't want to go. It will take you away from fulfillment which are hard to believe, but I was trying to understand those things. And I remember reading it and finally reading the Bible for a point of realizing this is actually living words from God to help me have a better life, to help me find this deep longing of fulfillment I need. Somehow these words helped me. And so it really helped me to realize, okay, desire to kill someone is not good. You know, stealing is not good. You know, worshiping other gods is not good. I just started thinking, okay, that takes me to the wrong place, tearing people down and and all the things, I could spot some things. That gave me some help to recognize, okay, this is a desire I don't want to follow. You know, I used to call it pray and read. I used to just read the Bible, and I started praying and reading. You're praying as you're reading, you know? This is something God's talking to. I start praying, and I all started to found myself, God, helping me understand these things. But God wants to bring, wants us to bring our desires to him. So, let's get a little practical here. There's some desires you know are not from God. So I know since we're in church, none of you will ever hang on to those, right? Right. So, you know, I remember uh, for me, uh, I, I realized, okay, desire is clearly not from God, right? I remember this one time, not long, I was like five, four or five years after I became a Christian, I was selling electronics at this place, and the, the company rep came in and gave me a sheet of paper, official form from their company, and said, if you just write down the, the models you sell, we'll give you a check for this pretty good amount of money. In addition, it won't touch, doesn't come out of your company, just comes out of our company. Every salesman uses sheet. But I knew the policy was you couldn't do this in this company. But I thought, sure, because I wanted some money, and it looked pretty good. And so I took that sheet home, and I just had desire. I didn't want to let go. I didn't. And here's what I do. Just don't bring it up to God. <laughs> It'll go away if you don't bring it up to God. You know what? You guys, right now, you guys know this. Certain things you want to bring up to God because you know his answer already, right? And you're like, what's the use? I haven't decided to change my mind, so why would I bring it to God? I've already decided I'm going to keep doing it, so I'm just going to pretend like that. And so you start playing gy mental gymnastics, you know, of what that would be. Everybody uses it. It's not costing money. And eventually it got to a place that I just broke. I was like, I mean, I didn't want to do this, but I finally said, God, I want the money or something like that. And he goes, and he started talking to me. And I was scared to tell them I didn't want to do this. I was scared of the response. I always looked like the weird Christian. Now it's going to be another layer of crazy weird. Plus, I don't get any money. And so I was going through all this. And I just remember taking that to him and have to go 
and just talk to that rep and say, I don't feel good about this. And the conversation that happened by me taking that really ugly desire of greed to him wasn't that I just made a good decision and didn't do the wrong thing. He talked to me about money and things inside of me that I will, to this day, remember. So, you know, it's that spot where there's so many things that you kind of, and, and, and those things that you know are clearly not God, we think, I'll just not do anything about it until I decide to, not, to stop doing it. And then you keep doing it. And the reason you keep doing it, you're away from God. You need God into that desire you know is destructive to you. And what you'll find is his grace and his help. So even those desires, you don't push them aside or, you know, try to just say no. <laughs> you, you say no, but you come to God with those things. How about those things of like, how about those things that are less clear? You know, those less clear things like, uh, like, you know, should I go to, back to school or should I get this degree or I really want this car. Hmm. I really would like to move to this state or this place or I could really need more money. I, I just want this kind of job. I, I want to spend my time doing these things. You guys ever had an evening that's free? And the thought comes to your mind like, why don't you ask Jesus what to do? No way. <laughs> this is my free time, and I know good and well how to do non-bad things in a good way, and I really don't want to messing up with my evening because I've already decided what I want to do with my free time. You guys know that? Those are, is there something wrong with what you're doing? No. But you know what I'm saying? There's so many things that are unclear what your desires even really are or what you do with those desires. But God wants you to go to him with those less clear desires and dare to believe he's better and loves you more and has better for you than you think he does. How about this place of you believe uh, you, desires that you believe are good. You know, there's some good stuff out there that we desire. I long to be married. Marriage is, is a good thing. I long to be healed. I long for my children to fill it in. I long for God to do this thing in my life. It would be so good. You know, Debbie and I, you've heard a story that we, when we were first married, we just assumed we'd have children. I wanted to be a father. Debbie longed, would you say that right, to be a mother? Deeply longed. And we thought that was a good thing. <laughs> and we prayed for it. And we talked to God a lot about it for a long time. And she didn't get pregnant. And we thought she would. 
That's what we long for. But ten years later, when we adopted our first daughter and followed the lease, we thought, oh, our fulfillment of this longing was met, and we had ten years of longing before that. And I'm just telling you, you can look at this story and say, well, why didn't God give you that earlier? Was he torturing you for 10 years? Or what was going on that? All I can say is this. Now, I couldn't have said this right away, but the amount of things God did in those 10 years in us by staying in it with him, I can't describe what it's worth. It changed us in ways of knowing God and knowing what is important and not important, all kinds of stuff. But I remember how hard it was we didn't want God involved a lot of times. Like, we wanted to grab it by the horns and figure it out. And we had chances to do it, but we felt like we couldn't do that. And we had to keep bringing our desire to God. And we had times when we didn't know if he was even good. But we didn't know where else to go, so we stayed in it. And I realize now how much God loved that and how much it did for us. And I just, you know, there's things like that within our life that are just good. And it's real hard when you long for something. And there's other times that it's even beyond that. You deeply believe, you know, Debbie and I would do it like, well, so-and-so waited, Sarah, maybe wait till you're 100. You know, we, could, we could come up with something. Some kids never have kids, and so we have to understand that could be a possibility. So we had to go through all these gymnastics, right? But there's these other things that it's beyond just good. It's something that you say, oh, I love this. this is, I think this is from God. I think God has put this desire in my heart. Yeah, and I think this is, you know, it's from him. I feel like there's going to be, a, by the way, as I pray, I feel like this one may highlight to some of you in a strong way, right? That you feel that God has made you a particular way. You can't quite get a hold of it, but you so long to be the, that, to have that happen the way God has put in you. This thing that's from God, and you know it's from God, but you don't know exactly what to do with that longing because you can't quite see how it all connects. A year after I became a Christian, I had the deepest longing to become a full-time something ministerish thing. I didn't, I couldn't even comprehend pastor at the point, but it's like something that I could devote my whole self to as kind of my, what I do for my life. I didn't even know there was a calling. I honestly thought every Christian felt this. Uh, I mean, like, I can't, like, I, it was like all the, the people who get really lucky get to do that. That's what I thought. So I, I am not qualified yet, so now i got to figure out a way of getting qualified so maybe this can happen to me. That's kind of how I was thinking. But a year afterwards, and to show you how much that was vulnerable... I didn't want to talk to God because I'm afraid, afraid I'd lose it. <laughs> like, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like, 
I, it's, I need to prove myself somehow because I think this is what God wants. I, I didn't, so I didn't bring it to God at all. I didn't bring it to anybody. It was six years before I clearly declared, I believe God's called me to be in full-time ministry, and that was when I was asking Debbie to marry me because I felt like that would be full disclosure. I think it would be bad if I didn't do it. I don't think she remembers that part. She says, wait a second, you should have had me read that out a little bit more because she said yes after that. But, but in my mind, I remember the difference after I said to Debbie and kind of said to God, this is the desire of my heart. And I don't know what that means, but I somehow brought him into it. And then the next 12 years, it took 18 years, I was asked on staff, full-time minister at Palo Alto Vineyard. I want you to understand, it's not about like, did you get it? It's about, I started telling Jesus how I really felt. And the longing I felt for, even when I couldn't see the fulfillment of it. And in that, a deeper fulfillment came and a better understanding. My desire became more clear. I started understanding things. God began preparing and doing things, and I was able to be in it with him. So, I want us to go through just a, a exercise here. And I, just, and I, want, I want you to have your eyes closed because we're actually going to do um, Mayo so it works appropriately. He couldn't see. I don't want you to see either. So you can close your eyes. God has put, in, put desires in your heart that he wants you to take to him. So if you can imagine the scene, I'm going to adjust it a little bit, but I'm going to just put us back into that biblical scene. And you're sitting beside the road. And just imagine what it would feel like as you just hear all the noise. It starts, you're hearing people talking louder. You hear lots of people coming your direction. And you've been listening and you've probably been thinking about Jesus a lot because you've been hearing different things about him. You hear that he's leaving town and he's on his way out. And you realize, I need some things. I can feel it. And you start thinking about those things inside of you. and You start noticing them. Just take a few. We'll just take a few seconds. Just think about what are your desires right now? What are your longings right now? Because you begin thinking, I wonder if Jesus could help me with these things.
as you are sitting there and you're stirring your thinking, the, the crowd is getting louder and you can tell that Jesus is getting closer and you decide you're going to wait to a loud point where you sense he's as close as you can get to him. And you cry out, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I'm guessing his cry was much deeper than just his sight, but help me, Jesus. And you feel a hand on your shoulder and say, hey, he's calling for you. He's calling for you. You get up and people clear the path and you get up and you can feel his presence. And you know he sees you. We'll move away from the script a little bit. Open your eyes, keep your eyes closed, but in your heart, imagine yourself. Open your eyes, and now I want you to imagine Jesus' face. I'm guessing he saw and felt God's presence, and imagine Jesus' face as well. Imagine Jesus' face. And Jesus looks right at you and says, what do you want me to do for you? Just in your heart, the best you know what is going on, just say, tell him what you need and what you want right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just keep showing us that you love us to come to you. You love children that ask for what they want. And trust you with the things that are really vulnerable and hard and desires that are a part of us. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us. All right, I'm going to worship team come up. I'm, uh, I want to give you this, if you want to shoot a picture of the phone or we'll figure out a way of getting out to you or whatever, but this is a longer than we're not doing this now, but for you this week to have a little bit of a, f a format to help you do this because this is a real vulnerable, this is a real vulnerable spot, Right? Because it's the deeper part of our longings and desires. It goes to some places that probably a lot of you are kind of feeling a bit stirred up, like, oh, I think this is good, but I'm not sure. And that's normal, right? But God is gracious, and it takes time with him sometimes. And so this is really helpful to set aside 30 minutes, find some comfortable space, free of the interruptions. By the way, cars are really good. Just park your car. You just, they're a little bubble. No one, you can act like an idiot in there and cry. No one even know, pays attention to you, trust me. So you just have a little, whatever that is, find 30 minutes and uh, take a journal and a pen. Invite Jesus into the time. I'd say be quiet for a little while and just settle and just give yourself some time to just 
get caught up for whatever activity has been going on that day, to get somewhat settled, and then list out, I'd, I'd go big, just list out wants and desires, just don't, don't filter them all, just start writing them out. And then look at that list, pay attention to one or two that seem to stand out to you, and then honestly communicate that desire to Jesus in a real direct way, welcoming him to communicate to you. And then be daring, ask Jesus for what you want. 